Hello and welcome to another episode of VR Download, a weekly show where we talk about industry news and fun, exciting things, not gaming. That's later in the week on Thursday. Hi, I'm your host, Kyle. Ian Hamilton here with my fingers being tracked. And uh, of course, yeah, that's the, the Facebook hand tracking technology for now. I'm David Heaney. I write about VR technology and I also developed this studio. And the camera is still not switching to me because despite the fact that we're all using the exact same microphone, somehow I am quieter, which makes no technical sense. <laughs> okay, so gentlemen, I believe that I am ready. Uh, we have to get to a more somber note here as we talk about our first topic. Dear friends, we are gathered here today to celebrate the life and the untimely death of a true friend to the industry. PCVR. Or are we? Ian, is, is PCVR dead? It is very not dead. It is gosh. very not dead. No. <laughs> it's funny, like, it's funny how we like overnight switched from VR is dead to Oh, it's not dead. Just PC VR is dead. It's like someone wants something to die really desperately. And so mm -hmm. they're just grasping onto whatever they can kill because they don't have any power since that's been taken away from them by the social media companies, maybe. All right. So Steam just updated its hardware survey today. I think those numbers have been changing in the few days right after the hardware release. So it's possible these numbers could shift a little bit. But we see Oculus Quest 2 at the top of the Steam hardware survey. Just about almost to one-third of SteamVR usage being from that single headset that released at the end of 2020. Then, uh, of course, the overall VR number is over 2% this month. So that number shifts right below and right above 2% of all Steam VR users having VR headsets. Then you've got Oculus Rift S, a dead headset. Then you've got Valve Index, which is still on sale. HTC Vive, a dead headset that's no longer being sold. Oculus Rift, a 2006, both those being 2006 era 18 head, 2006 teen era headsets. Then you've got Windows Mixed Reality, which was 2017, and then Oculus Quest being the previous generation no longer sold of the Quest, totaling quite a large number of headsets coming from uh, Facebook alone that are in use on Steam. The way I think of it is Sony. Valve and Facebook were all winners of the first generation of VR in very different ways, in my opinion. What we're seeing with Quest 2 is the start of the second generation. You've got Quest uh, 1 and 2 out there on its own with an open field, and no one else is out there competing with them, at least not in the West yet, with this second generation of VR just yet. Yes, uh, you've got these next generation, like really good PC VR headsets in the Reverb 2, as far as visuals at least, not so much the controllers. And then you've got the Index, which has all ground, all around great features over on the PC VR side of things. But there's no one else who has taken the step of doing a standalone VR headset yet for Western markets. And that's causing a lot of problems. Very, you go back several years. People were expecting uh, a Rift 2 to come out. You've obviously got the HTC Vive Pro 2 here on this mark on this chart that I've thrown up here from Steam. But there was no like dramatically different thing for PC VR that really took PC VR forward in a really substantial way. You've got a sharpening of everything that was done in the first generation of VR for PCs. And that just never materialized for PC VR. And people are still trying to guess what's the next generation. In my opinion, we've already got it. Like Quest 2 and Quest have done what VR needs to do and become a standalone platform. And I've got an editorial going up this week from a guest uh, writer talking about whether PC VR is dead. And he's got his own opinions and sort of his take on it. But my particular take on this is what Quest and Quest 2 have done is completely shifted the narrative from being VR as an accessory to another device to a PC and a phone being an accessory to VR. Hmm. And I think when you talk about is PC VR dead, that is such an oversimplified, I want to fight on Twitter take that people are coming up with that I think it just totally misses the overall evolution here. That Steam is 
got to be very happy. Valve has got to be very happy with Facebook more or less backing out of PC VR. Steam and Valve won generation one of PC VR, in my opinion. They did exactly what they set out to do, set a roadblock for Facebook there that they could not pass. And, and Steam is still the de facto store that you want to use for all of your PC VR content. And that's exactly what I think Valve set out to do when it started out with its partnership with HTC. And I can't view that as anything but HTC winning that particular race. And then you've got PlayStation, which we'll get to in a minute, talking about where that race is going. But they were out there with 5 million PlayStation VR headsets very early, announcing that figure. And uh, now we've got Facebook here with its standalone headset changing the market in a considerable way. There are a million different directions that we can take this conversation. There's so many different ways that we can have this this back and forth. And I, I try to, when I do my own personal research on what the feeling from the community is on whether or not something is alive or dead or popular or boring or stupid or whatever, everybody's got an opinion. But I, I, I think we need to drill it down to a very primal definition of what exactly, and it might seem stupid to everyone, but just follow me. What is PC VR? What defines PC VR? Is it a headset like you alluded to, Ian, that it's an accessory to a PC, VR hard plugged into a computer? But I wonder, do you consider PC VR to also be I'm streaming from my high-end gaming rig wirelessly over Link or virtual desktop? Hi, Guy. Is that also PC VR in, in, in your guys' opinion? I'm just curious. Yeah, for sure. It definitely is. And I think that is what's happening right now. PC VR isn't dead. We're just going through a transition period from these headsets that plug into DisplayPort and are kind of dumb devices that only directly display what your PC is showing to standalone headsets that have PC as a mode. And I think potentially in in the near term, wireless headsets that use that same kind of technique, streaming a compressed stream from your PC to the headset, even if it isn't a full-on standalone. In the Oculus Quest and HTC Vive Focus 3, we see this the Qualcomm XR2 used, which is a, you know, full-fledged chip capable of delivering VR experiences. But Qualcomm has cheaper chips available, such as the XR1, that could be used for just directly streaming a PC. So I think we could see PC headsets that can deliver wireless without even having to be standalone. What is dead is this idea that you're going to spend a lot of money on a headset that plugs into a wire from your computer that is spec-wise outperformed in six months by the next standalone headset. I think that model is dead. But if you look at the growth of games on Steam, we're still seeing successful VR games launched on Steam, and we're still seeing devs that have games that have been shipped for years expand their user base and keep delivering these rich, immersive experiences that simply can't come to standalone anytime soon. So... I th- and thank you, Heaney, because that that that's exactly uh, what I what I was hoping somebody would say. Uh, here's my opinion. Uh, I have had a, an unfortunate incident happen to my car recently, and something needed to be repaired. And I thought to myself, imagine if I took this car and said, because it's broken right here on this spot, that car's dead. That's it. Throw it away. Don't bother with anything else. Just it's dead because it's got one thing wrong with it. I would like to propose that everybody who is saying that PC VR is dead is actually looking at the wrong thing. The cable, the VR cable is dead. Mm. That, That right there, I think, is something that most people can agree with most not all there will still be outliers but ian do you think that's a better way of putting it that the cable is dead Hmm, it's it's an interesting way of putting it i think you've got something there where it's really unfortunate that pcvr has so few hardware solutions to great wireless pcvr so we've got gi in our comments here gi godin the creator of virtual desktop thank you so much for tuning in and if you have questions about virtual desktop maybe put them to uh, him since that's such a 
a fundamental piece of software for so many people out there to get a great experience wirelessly via software from your PC to your wireless headset in a really fundamental, high quality way. But you're still doing this thing that's fundamentally uh, compressing data between the two devices. And there's plenty of people out there that want the uncompressed, best possible experience that's imaginable. And that's you're still getting some compression out of the hardware solutions out there. So we don't have an uncompressed wireless solution at all. Is that right, Heaney? Even the HTC ones use a minor amount of uh, compression. But what I would the question I think that's better is, do we really need it? I'd like to see when Link first came out, it was running at maybe 100 megabits. They soon let you pitch that all the way up to 500 megabits, although that caused some sort of stuttering and sometimes there would be trade-offs there. But I think we're going to get to the point where especially with eye tracking and foveated rendering, people won't be able to notice. And I'd like to see in a few years' time, wherever compression streaming goes today, I'd like to see someone who has that view sit down in a headset and do a real A-B test and see if they can actually tell the difference. Because mm. I am a compression snob myself. I'm the type of person who likes to have the highest bit rate movies and things like that. But even I have to say, when you put the current streaming up to 400, 500 megabits per second, it's extremely diff difficult to notice a difference. And one of the things that sort of does cloud people's experiences right now is that what graphics card generation you have will depend on the quality there because the encoder gets better and better each generation. And specifically, the AMD cards are still quite a bit behind on image quality for the encoder. But these are all kind of keething issues. I think as we move forward into this new era of VR, where streaming is the norm, they're going to get solved. And over time, the compression is going to get less and less noticeable until no one misses a, having a really thick, heavy display port cable coming out of their head and going to the corner. And I get that there's some people <laughs> who say, oh, I don't really mind the cable. But I would argue anyone who doesn't mind the cable has already bought into VR. And VR is not going to expand further with are, the cable. Are you using your external microphone right now? I am not. I am using the Quest 2's built in. Is it not working? Okay. Oh, no, you just you suddenly sounded really close to a microphone out of nowhere. It's like you're right in my ear, and it was jarring to suddenly the, whispering right in my ear. It's the positional audio. It has a cone to it. As I turn around, it has an actual cone to it. So if I'm looking away from you and talking, it sounds different than if I'm looking at you and talking, just like in real life. Man, science is awesome, isn't it? I am. I'm going to date myself here old enough to remember having a tethered telephone on the wall in the kitchen, and I would it would ring. And I wouldn't know who it was calling and I would answer the phone. Hello. And I was tethered to the wall in the kitchen. And then suddenly these wonderful cordless phones came out and they were wonderful because they were wireless, but the quality and the distance, it really was kind of garbage. And then over time it got better and it got better and it got better. And I, I think that's what Heaney is saying. And I love that. I love that you said it's teething. We're just getting through this. We have to grind through some of this stuff and, and, and get to a point where things are established. In my research for this topic to make sure I was up on everything that was going on, internet connections are getting faster, computer processing and, and bandwidth and all the stuff that Heaney talked about. It's all getting there. It's just not there yet. So we have to be patient and let that happen because just like my cordless phone that really didn't do the job when it first came out, nowadays I could be out in the middle of the woods and get a phone call and take it in the crystal clear connection. You're talking about an evolution that took place over really 40 years, going from like cordless in the house phones to being able to have cellular phones that cost a, an extraordinary amount of money and were bulky giant things, car phones, to having really in your pocket ones and then smartening up the software on them so you actually want them. That only really happened in the last 15 years. So it's there's a very long evolution. So yeah, sure, we'll get there. But it did take 30 to 40 years for us to get, and I'm, I'm not saying it's going to take necessarily 30 to 40 years for us to get cloud VR, but it's going to be over a long, very, a very long span of time for us to get wireless networks that get anywhere close to the capability of that. And in the meantime, I want to go back to Matt uh, Foreman's comment here 
quote saying, PC VR will never be dead because it is the best version of VR. It will always have interest from VR enthusiasts and be used for cases when processing power is needed. And I think that's absolutely what I'm saying and what I was getting at earlier in this conversation. Talking about this change from VR being an accessory for your PC to now VR, to to a PC being an uh, an accessory for your VR experience. It's flipping this situation where if you really love what you find in the quest you can go and up level that experience by getting alex boneworks and h3 vr and a bunch of other steam early access titles that are going to be coming to quest later when they get or never coming to quest in the case of something like h3 vr or in the case of Boneworks, being a completely different experience that they're going to make for Quest versus the true physics-heavy Boneworks experience. Like, you're going to get some, you may get some version of that on a Quest eventually, but it won't be the exact same Boneworks experience that people have been losing their minds over the last couple of years on PC VR. So it's, and, and the simulators, flight simulator, and talking about that, serious car simulators, you're not going to get those out of quest you're going to get some things like warplanes just came out and that's going to be an incredible plane simulator but it's not the same experience necessarily as flight simulator and you're still if you love what you find on quest you're going to go get a pc as an upgrade from that experience and i think any discussions talking about pc vr being dead in the face of that reality that it is an awesome accessory to go get a pc and upgrade and get those amazing steam experiences for your quest is just reducing this com- you're you're reducing this conversation just for clicks and a, a really bad take if you're saying anything else about pcvr at this point in my opinion yeah i think alex really is a key point to make there and so is the content because we're talking a lot about the hardware and obviously this is the show that we do talk about the hardware but the biggest increase in the steam number of percentage of users that have a vr headset the number that i care about a lot more than the relative number of which percent are Rift S and which percent are Index, it went from 1.29% to 1.91% the month Half-Life Alex was released. So I think that in the first kind of era of PC VR, we saw these big games from Facebook like Lone Echo, and we, we saw Alex from Valve. And the problem is those were not developed in a way that any other developer could do. No other developer could risk games with those sort of budgets to the size of the pc market so you get this experience now where valve hasn't announced any new game and facebook is backing off funding pc games and they're moving on to quest games where you are going to see this kind of slump but that's not because vcvr is dying that's just because it was artificially inflated in the first place by these content so as the number of steam users with a vr headset grows and the market can naturally build up we will eventually get to a few uh, in a few years to the point where those sort of games can come from other publishers and even from developers that today are building some VR games on Quest, I think will eventually come back and ship something on PC. And the other factor, we'll talk about this later, but PlayStation VR 2 is going to have a major impact on PC because if you do have all of those PSVR 2 users that you can sell to and, the, and a PC can also run this content, which it can, why wouldn't they ship across those two platforms? So I think we're going to see a, a category of VR game and content in general that's available on PlayStation VR 2 and on Steam VR, but doesn't come to Quest. But it's just that this is still a very early industry. And even though to some people it seems like this has been going for a while, we are still in the very, very early days of both VR content and VR hardware. So PC VR isn't dead. It's just taking a long time to get into its stride. Yeah, there's a plateauing that occurs uh, on technology where the growth is starting to become incremental. And we're really not there yet. There's still a lot of big steps that need to be taken. Heaney, you're always the numbers guy. I'm always one. I'm wondering if there is a Venn diagram that somebody has put together of the crossover of folks that have a really powerful PC and people who purchased VR. And the overlap, I would imagine that the, oh yeah, go ahead. Do you, do you have a uh, Heaney talk about your 4k insight? I, I love your 4k insight that you saw on the steam VR numbers. Well, first I was just going to touch on Kyle's point there. Cause I think that is actually a really good point that 
So much of Steam, if you look on the hardware survey, is actually people with low-end graphics cards and laptops because Steam isn't just people playing the biggest AAA games that you see on console. There's all of these kind of games that can run on anyone's laptop that are quite popular. So I think that would be really interesting to see 2% of, of all of Steam's users have a VR headset, but how many that have a really good GPU have a VR headset? I think that number would be higher than people would expect. But just to come back to your point, yes, we're at the point where we are maybe six months of good growth away from the number of people with a VR headset on Steam exceeding the number of people with a 4K primary number, a primary monitor on Steam. So if we get to that point, people always think in the PC gaming space, oh, having a 4K monitor is normal. And you know, in all of the gaming press, the review graphics cards, it's talked about like it's a very common thing. Is PC VR dead when more people will soon have a PC VR headset than a 4K monitor? That's a narrative violation. I don't think people have really factored in when you really look at these numbers so i want to take an i want to take issue with chris richardson's comment here talking about us maybe clickbaiting you into this this discussion asking the question is pcvr dead and i take this bit the issue with it because we asked two questions in our title for this stream we asked about uh, pcvr dead and the next topic that i really want to get into now because i think it folds into this really well there's a joke on the internet that if you see a question headline uh the answer to it is usually no. And in this case, I will admit the answer that I've come away with to is PCVR dead? Yes, the answer is no. No, it is not dead. But the second question that I want to get into with Kyle is going to be the opposite answer. And that's my defense against this being a clickbait discussion because we're dealing with both here. We've got both a yes answer and a no answer to these questions, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, and, and here's how we're going to start this conversation off. Regular watchers and listeners of this show know that I, I've talked about my daughters who have, they each have a Quest 1, uh, an OG Quest that they play VR in together separately. They do their own thing. One's older, so she's playing Echo a lot, and the other one's doing more rec room paintball type of stuff. But all of a sudden, last week, I come down into our living room where our game consoles are connected to a television, and I notice that my 16-year-old daughter is playing Beat Saber on the PSVR. And I couldn't help but wonder. I waited until she was done. She played for about an hour. She comes out. I said, why are you playing this on the PSVR? versus playing this in your quest you have the game on both why did you choose to do that and she said and i quote i don't know sometimes it feels a little bit more fun in the p in the v in the psvr I, I said why she said i don't know maybe it was the controllers maybe it's the comfort of the headset i, I don't know and I said, so you really don't know, but you were compelled to go and do this on your on the PSVR. And we have plenty of VR games on our PS4 that she could play at any time. She chose to do Beat Saber on it. It got me thinking, what actually did provoke her to go and use that? And man, I, I still don't really know. She doesn't really know. But... The PSVR has a foothold in our home, essentially. I don't know if other people do as well, have that same uh, experience. But now we're finding out things about the Quest that it outsold the PSVR. Now, Ian, there's obviously data. There's data that you can give us to continue this conversation. But I wanted to give that anecdote first, so that mm -hmm. way people knew that the PSVR is still an active item in some people's homes. So go ahead, Ian, take it away. Yeah, yeah. I want to mention one more. We've got Guy's comment here. I just want to, as a closure on the last discussion, Guy's saying wired PCVR headsets are going to slowly disappear, in my opinion. Of course, that coming from the mouth of the creator of the most popular wireless VR piece of software. So take that for what you will. But I, I see that being a very probable insight. All right, so what we've got here is in Facebook's recall, of uh, volunteer recall of the facial interface of the Quest 2, the documentation from the Consumer Product Safety Board, I think, Commission. mentions 4 million facial interfaces being recalled. And uh, you can take that. We were very careful with this not to assume that meant 4 million quests had been sold. But uh, several other outlets immediately saw that 4 million number 
and kind of took that as confirmation that the Quest 2 specifically has cleared 4 million headsets. It's a pretty safe assumption, but it's still a pretty big assumption. You don't know how many facial interfaces were sold as far as, as part of the fit pack, how many of them were sold or made as replacements and actually uh, people took up those replacements and or, or bought a second interface as a backup for their current one. It's probably not in the millions is more or less the assumption out there. It's probably very much smaller than that. So you can take that 4 million which only represents the United States. And then I think there was another couple hundred thousand or 170,000 for Canada that could be rolled into that 4 million. So it was like 4.17 million Quest 2 interfaces were being recalled for these two North American countries. You can also go and look at the breakdown of revenue by region uh, in the other category at Facebook. So Facebook breakdown breaks down its revenue as advertising, and then there's the other category, and other category includes Portal and the Quest. And if you look at the region breakdown, you can start to make a guess that perhaps there were a million or two other headsets, other Quest 2 headsets sold in other regions in addition to the United States, if the proportions of revenue carry over that way. So yeah, Heaney's got the chart here showing the various regions for other revenue from Facebook. And you've got Q2 2021 here where it's going down. You can see how gigantic the revenue is in Q4 when uh, you have the holiday season. You've got, uh, obviously, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, you've got just nonstop advertising and sales to try to sell and get people to put various pieces of electronics underneath the Christmas tree for their families. And you go back to Q4 of 2019, and you can see a boost up there then when it was only the uh, Quest 1 on the market. I think that's right. So Quest 1 wasn't gigantic, but then Quest 2 hits here in Christmas of 2020, and it's just a massive amount of things being sold in that region. And then you've got the USA and Canada being this giant bar here of $584 million for that three-month period. And then you've got the other regions there. And so the other regions are pretty small. And you can assume, so if these three bars here, these three blue bars, equate to around 4 million quests when you consider all the interfaces, how many does the Asia Pacific and Europe, how many of those quests are in the rest of those bars? And so you can basically, if you want to just take napkin math and start guessing at it, we know that from about to January 2020, there were 5 million PSVR headsets sold. Sony came out and said, we've cleared 5 million out there on the market. We've got this recall number out of Facebook now saying 4 million for the United States alone. I think we are pretty safe in saying that Quest 2 has probably outsold PSVR and done it in a much shorter amount of time. Yeah, so I, th I think the key here is how do we extrapolate the rest of the world? And E. Godin, who's in our comments, I noticed on Twitter, said that 50% of his users were from the United States. And if we look at the percentages of the ratio of Facebook's other revenue sales, to be clear, this includes their Oculus, their portal video calling device, and some miscellaneous payments from within their app shopping experiences, just the profits off that. So this doesn't directly map to Oculus, and we can't just divide here. What we can do is get an upper limit by looking at these three quarters and dividing that by the price of the Quest. And if we do that, we get to an upper limit of around 8 million. So we're probably somewhere in the region around 6 million Quest 2s, maybe just below 6 million. And then you have to remember, we have to also add that on to the user base of Quest 1s, which is we can roughly estimate to be around 1 to 2 million. So we can safely say that if PlayStation VR was at 5 million 17 months ago, the combination of Quest 2 and Quest 1 is either very close or past it. I, th I think we can fairly safely say that it's past it. An interesting data point here is that 
at after Quest 2 was on the market for three months, the developers of Rec Room, with their analytics, estimated that two to three million Quest 2s had been shipped worldwide in the first three months. So we're now at the nine-month point, and you can see how it's very easy to believe that we will have got to five, six million, maybe even as high as seven million. But that's I think that's probably beyond where we are now. So it's interesting to think about the fact that Quest 2 has done that in just over nine months, whereas PlayStation VR has been on the market since late 2016. Upgrades. I want to talk about upgrades for just a moment, because when you look at this chart, it's a little concerning to me. The number of, uh, if this is meant to represent, and obviously everybody's talking about portal, it's what is the portal, really, honestly? Do we, how many people actually know what it is and are using it and are buying it? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know anybody. And I know somebody in the comments, Dell, hi, Dell, said the same thing. I don't know anybody that has a portal. So I don't know. Ian, do you have one? I have. I got really close to it for video chats this year. I have not yet uh, done yeah. it. Uh, Right. But I was really close to to do some of those long distance family video chats. Uh, it uh, seems okay. like a solid device for it, but I saw so, my concerns. So when, when you see this downward kind of dip of what can only be described as data encompassing the VR from Facebook, you see this dip. And I'm wondering, because I know a lot of people who had a PS4. And as soon as the PS5 came out, they immediately jumped out and bought the PS5. Not because their PS4 was broken, but just because they had to upgrade. They had to. It was essential that they had the latest and greatest. While the Oculus Quests may have outsold PSVR, based on the numbers that we have. So the answer to that question, Ian, is yes. Yes, we have legitimate data that indicates that question is yes. Uh are we going to see people who, oh, here comes the Quest 3, here comes the Quest 4. I'm going to drop the other one and pick up the latest and greatest just because I have to, because I have to have the latest and greatest. We know that there are a lot of Sony, people who buy Sony PlayStations, and they have to have the latest and greatest. Are we at a point yet, and I asked the audience as well, are we at a point yet where people have to have the latest and greatest VR headset or are they content with having a headset right now and they don't need to upgrade yet to the latest and greatest is that has that crossed your mind at all I, I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna go in a different direction with that because I, I was confused about there's a certain percentage of people that just stop using their VR headsets and those are wildly varying I would bet between various platforms I, I'm I think, so let me switch this around in you, Kyle, and go back. Do you think more people stop using their PSVR headsets each month per, uh, uh, adjusted for per, per capita, how many are out there? Do you think the larger percentage of people stop using their PSVR headsets or stop using their Quest 2s each month? Wow, that is a heck of a question. I mean... That Yeah, I, I wouldn't even pretend to be able to answer that. I have no speculation whatsoever. Heaney, what do you think? Do you think that's true? Yeah, I think the attach rate for standalone headsets, we already know from Facebook, was higher than even the Rift S. We know that even as the Quest 1. So I think when it's a standalone headset that you can just pick up off the table after being charged, that's a lot more appealing for people to jump in regularly versus a PlayStation VR where... The cabling setup for that thing is really intense. You think of all the different cables that has to go in there. You think of the fact that you're still having to do it through a PlayStation 4. You think of the fact that you have it's only in one space. So when you have a Quest, you can pick whatever space in your house is free. When you have a PlayStation VR, it's only directly beside your PlayStation. I, I think it's obviously we don't have hard data, but I, I think it's pretty safe to say that the mm. attach rate for Quest is going to be Sorry, the continuous attach rate for Quest is going to be higher than something like a PlayStation VR, uh, which is then again going to be higher than a PC. Obviously, the content there is a different thing where you can say maybe there are games that people want to come back to more. But at the end of the day, that physical hardware friction is the big factor that has to be overcome. And it's likely why we've seen Sony shift to a single cable for the PlayStation VR 2, just a one USB-C cable into the thing, and that's it. I'm wondering about the charge of the battery being an issue there. I'm going to say the jury is still out there, Heaney, where 
I don't know how many times I've picked up my Quest and found out it had a dead battery when I picked it up. And that being a pretty frustrating thing where I just put the headset back down and said, I'm not going to go into VR right now, where that would not be the same situation with a PSVR headset. If you're forgetting to charge it, then obviously it's not going to work. But I don't think met plenty of people that would really want to use this would just completely forget to charge it. After so let me propose this. And this is absurd. I'm telling you before I say it, this is absurd. But what if a mainstream media outlet put out an article that said, PSVR is dead because of the number of people who aren't returning to it. And they, it's the retention level is going lower and lower. So PSVR is dead. What would the response from the community be if that type of article were to come out? Oh, yeah, they'd stop reading that outlet immediately. Lots of people would, in my opinion, although it would probably get to a lot of traction on Twitter. It would probably get a lot of people discussing stuff. But I'll be honest, I have I've blocked a few outlets out there that I've been pretty annoyed by their constant harping on the VR industry because it just makes for such good headlines. I'm not even going to mention them here, but there's some outlets out there that just every three months come up with a new way to suggest that VR is dead in various ways. And they're just, they're missing so much of what we are trying to illuminate in this discussion of the intricacies of these numbers, attaching friction, uh, attach rates, friction, all these things that really have to be more complex than they get to in these articles. Yeah, I think Anyone that's saying PSVR is dead would have to have pretty much no knowledge of the industry at all because PlayStation VR is at the very end of its product cycle. It launched in the 2016. It's using hardware that is almost a decade old now. In some cases, including the controllers, it literally is a decade old. Sony has talked about their new hardware. It has a brand new console to launch this new VR platform on. And in general, people looking at the VR market and saying, oh, there's only Facebook for now. It's room for optimism as well. Sony is coming next year. They've announced that they are launching a VR platform. And if Next year, they said after 2021. After 2021. Did they not say, did they not say holiday 2022? Am I, did I dream? Uh, I think that's, I think that's I, assuming. I think, I yeah, think they but, just said after 20, yeah. they said not this year, just like Facebook said Quest Pro is not this year. I think. Okay. I think that the point is whether it's holiday 2022 or just after that, I think given Sony's product releases, it's going to be holiday 22. It would be very strange for them to pick another time. But the, the real point here is that Sony has always backed up these kind of launches with content. And it's talked about how PlayStation VR 1 was this experiment. Obviously, with PlayStation VR 2 announced, that was a successful experiment that they were going to build on. Once we see PlayStation VR 2 launch, the, the idea of calling VR dead will be obviously silly, but also the idea of calling PlayStation VR dead. Because, again, it's one of those things where we are so early in this industry. PlayStation VR was an experiment for Sony, hobbled together with old basic hardware and PlayStation VR 2 is going to be where we really see them hit hard and deliver what they can deliver as one of the world's premium gaming companies. I'm going to put uh, a lot of emphasis on the fact that I believe Sony put just as much thought into VR as Oculus did prior to Facebook buying them. the For those of you who have been around long enough to remember Project Morpheus, which was the name of PSVR prior to its actual public release, there were so many iterations and so many really smart people at Sony working on that hardware. They really put a lot of thought into making that a... And a, a truly amazing when it came out. I was really impressed with it. And I had been using different iterations of, of the Morpheus headset throughout its uh, development. I, I really think that Sony is solidly in. To say that it's an experiment, it, it was, but it was a very methodical and very well thought out experiment that I think was a huge success. What do we have here? Oh, these are the new controllers. Yeah, for this the, the, the yeah. this is the only hardware that Sony has officially shown for its next generation PSVR and of course uh, they've notably not called it PSVR2 yet in any of their documentation so everyone you see uh, calling it PSVR2 they're just inserting their own name in there and it'll, it'll probably be called that but they still have refused to actually call it that i think they've actually confirmed uh, these have the resistive triggers or uh, at least some of the technology from their DualSense controllers, which are the new ones on the uh, 
the PlayStation 5. We've obviously got a, an article out there. We were the exclusive first place to report some of the uh, specs of this new headset. We expect it to be inside out, a uh, tracked headset to have some gaze tracking in there, which is a very big feature that when you combine it with these great controllers, what look like really great controllers, we obviously can't make that for sure until we hold it. But I, I really like the way these look, gripping in the hand. And then if they've got that dual sense resistive triggers, and then you've got foveated rendering or at least some really good eye tracking in there, you can really improve throwing mechanics in VR in a really substantial way. And it, it's really interesting to think about the the prospect of this or even a uh, Xbox VR headset coming in the next year and a half, when you've got those experiences on console VR, if you're actually able to get some of those experiences on console VR Boneworks and Alex, if you can get those things, uh, Flight Simulator, if you can get those things on console VR, you are accessing a larger market than what we're seeing out of the first generation of console VR. Paradise DK says in the chat, can I just say Xbox VR is dead? Can you kill what was truly never alive? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Just to clarify, I checked the report for holiday 2022. That was from Bloomberg. So it's not confirmed from Sony that this will launch in holiday 22. But Bloomberg, which is highly reliable reporting tech launches like this and has been accurate in the past for VR, including predicting the Oculus Quest 2 specs, has reported it. So it seems so, like close to a sure thing. So I think it's I think it's a different thing of saying Sony may be targeting that versus like them actually confirming that they've done it we're in this we're still in this chip shortage situation and i think the biggest sort of confirmation for me uh, on this is people were so surprised that nintendo went and announced this new uh, switch that all the only thing that's different is an oled screen where there was a pretty substantial report a reliable report earlier in the year that was going to have a lot of new things as i recall in it but i, I think that there's such good evidence to suggest that the chip shortage couldn't dramatically alter roadmaps for a lot of these companies and yeah maybe sony is targeting end of 2022 and it seems pretty obvious but when you're talking that kind of time frame with global supply chains changing the way they are anything uh, can happen Man, oh, man, I just, this is actually, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, Ian, that the whole clickbait article title thing, is it dead? Has it outsold? Yes, no. We really, truly don't have a way to answer these questions in a binary way like that. Yes or no. We don't know. Is it dead? We don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Has it outsold? Probably based on the data that we have. But we're asking the questions because we want you to consider it. Think about it. We want you to. And is that how clickbait articles work? Is they're really trying to get you to come to your own conclusion? <laughs> or are they trying to convince? I don't know. Am I playing right into it? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, not. it's not everyone. There's not all guesses are created equal. There are ones that are built on real data and a really firm understanding of the way the market works at any given moment. And then there are ones which are not. And there are plenty of outlets out there that just misunderstand the friction points and use friction that was there in 2018 to judge the state of the market in 2021. Headsets are still face bricks they are they are face bricks these things suck because they're so darn heavy and i cannot blame a single person out there that wants to take these things off five minutes after they put them on because they're so dang heavy and so if you're out there saying that the weight problems of vr have been solved you're an idiot they have not been solved we have five years to go ten years to go before they uh actually solve that problem are they better than they were last year? Absolutely. And we're going to keep moving in that direction. But uh, that's still a massive friction point that's not gone away anytime soon. And it's still going to be there year after year until we get those glasses form factors, those holographic headsets that we've seen being prototyped and in some of these research facilities. Holy moly. I got fired up on that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I think the the problem and where we get a lot of these kind of VR is dead articles is I don't a lot of people say, oh, these are artificially constructed to try and get hit clicks. And maybe some of them are, but I don't think all of them are. I think a lot of them really just are that misinformed because a lot of the tech media that exists today grew up and expanded quickly in the 2010s. It isn't these aren't outlets that have been around for a significant amount of time, or if they are, they work the people who are currently writing from this today aren't institutionally attached to those outlets from a while ago. And so a lot of them, most of their traffic has come from just analyzing the smartphone and tablet market and the gadgets that are accessories around that. And so when those technologies are really the result of decades of progress in pers- in portable small computers and in mobile chip technology and in cell phones in general. So I think a lot of these people look at new emerging technologies that genuinely are new and just they don't have a mental model for them. They don't have a mental model for something that doesn't instantaneously sell tens of millions of units and expand very quickly. They aren't used to an entirely new technology appearing. And they're the same kind of people that in... 1992 would have said, oh, computers are stupid. They're these big, bulky things, and there's nothing you can do on the internet, and why would I ever need a computer anyway? So it's not that they're intentionally trying to get clicks, in my opinion. I think really just don't have the knowledge of how real new technologies grow. And that's fine. And when we do our best to try to stay in, in the realm of data and in the realm of some speculation and obviously opinion, okay? We're not without opinion. I... I other outlets can do what other outlets do. If you you just come here and get your stuff from us, and that, that's how you mitigate that problem. Uh, I do want to point out somebody in the chat, Robert Quinones. He says, "I bet you one day we'll be using emulators in VR that will play old console games, but in VR." Now, I remember way back in DK One days with no positional tracking, being in. Uh, Rift Max Theater, okay, old school stuff. Hi, Mike. Uh, having a conversation about the, what was that? The house in Italy. I, I, I always forget what it was called. It was one of the original Tuscany. Thank you. I, I couldn't remember the city. I remember somebody saying to me, someday with the screen door effect and the three degrees of freedom that we have now, someday somebody in a really advanced headset is going to want to emulate this experience in a high-end VR headset. And I laughed because I knew that person was correct when they said that. Obviously, emulators, people are playing Game Boy games, old OG, green and brown, no backlight Game Boy games on emulators, on PCs that could do amazing things, and that's what they want to play. I do agree with you, Robert. I, I think that is a real thing that will happen. Sorry, little side note there, but I love comments like that. I'm gonna, yeah, go ahead. I'm going th- to throw it out there that I, I love that we're getting into this, that I have done, I've looked into this just a little bit, and I've asked, I want to understand, like, Emulating hardware is, is a really fascinating, re- really fascinating thing. And I thank you so much to our uh, members out there, people who contribute to us. I haven't pursued this as an article yet. I really want to get into it at some point. But we've got to justify the the time investment into researching it. And people who, if you're interested in knowing more about this, subscribe, give us money, uh, let us know that you really want to know this. But like, Imagine having a, like an old game system in VR and having a memory card, let's say a PS1 or PS2, where you have the physical memory cards. Are you going to be able to, say, simulate all the parts of emulation here? Where Do you remember the old Game Sharks? Those types oh, of yes. things? Uh, yes. Where you, you can, I want to know if we're ever going to see emulation of the interaction of various hardware platforms where like, I could be in VR chat with somebody else and they could hand me their memory card and I could hand them mine and we could trade a memory card here. And I take that memory card and insert it into an old PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2. And the plate that the emulated PlayStation 1, the, the simulated one, actually reacts to that hardware exactly as it should. And if I insert a Game Shark into one of those game systems, I'll be curious if it actually does. And I know that there is actual research out there to to try and investigate and get this to work in a simulated way in VR. That's cool because then I would be able to try to put homebrew software on my Nintendo Wii and brick yeah. it 
just like I do in real life. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. With MUVR, somebody threw a Heaney, you threw that video up there. Emulation in VR, I love that concept, Ian. I would love the idea of, here, let me toss you my game genie that you can throw into your virtual version of that hardware. I, I love that. I think that's a great idea. And uh, I'll play some Donkey Kong Country in, in VR. Heck yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. That's gonna be yeah. that's gonna be amazing. There's so much interest in this, and obviously yeah. those game systems are getting whole, all, harder and harder to to get. They're becoming more and more antique and high priced items. Yeah. But I can't wait to see. There's something really magical, I think, being done with some of the emulation stuff out there. The research into uh, true VR simulation of hardware at a hardware level and yeah. the interactions between all those things. We're going to need to get oh, into it, that at some point. The, these things, this proves a point too about how dedicated a fan base is to a specific hardware console or, or device. There are people who are just so high on Dreambox or, or, or a, any of the other GameCube. There, there are some really diehard fans. You could really make a lot of people angry by saying any number of these decades old devices is dead and they're like no it's not look at this huge forum that we have and it, it would be wrong to say that any of these things are dead because the, the fan base is so dedicated they, they love the idea and this might be a way to capture that in vr to have those people come over and say now i can have all of these amazing consoles whenever i want that, that, that's, I think, pretty substantial. Not our topic, but yes, definitely a good point. So, Ian, do, do you, what do we have coming up on UploadVR.com this week? Do we have anything fun and exciting? We have a bunch of games coming out for review. We're uh, getting into the end of this month. We've obviously got uh, the Quest 2 going back on sale at the end of this month. And then what I alluded to earlier in this uh, discussion, it's going to be a nonstop rush through the holiday season there with uh, lots of new game content coming out as everyone tries to get in position to really get in front of those buyers through the holiday season. And we've got basically a few weeks here where we're trying to catch up on all the game releases that are getting uh, started on that sort of release schedule. So we'll have reviews. Uh, we've got some streaming planned. We were still going back and forth on what we're going to try, but uh, Warplane just came out. Warplanes just came out on Quest, and uh, that's a really, really pretty. Heaney was the one who played it last time. Really pretty, beautiful World War One flight simulator game where you're doing dog fights. And I can't wait to hand drop a bomb out of that plane. Heaney, oh, how good does that feel to hand drop a bomb out of that plane? The last time I tried it, I tried it was still a trigger movement. It's not really a throw yet, but hopefully they had an immersive throw in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to go and check that game out. I put on my Royal Guardsman record. And uh, listen to some Snoopy music while I uh, fly around <laughs> in my sop with camel and fight yeah, the Red Baron. Is that all possible? It is. It's an incredibly impressive game and perhaps the best seated game on Quest so far. In fact, for me personally, it definitely is. And it, what's really impressive is a lot of people always complain about games not feeling full and not feeling finished, etc. like that in VR because of the market size. This is a full game. This really is a full finished game. In, in my view, there's it's worth it's the asking price, and it has a lot of content to play. So I really recommend if you're at all into flight sims and you don't have a gaming PC set up, pick up Warplanes. Thank you all very much for watching. We'll see you in the future. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.